This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays. Except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. East Coast Offense is sponsored by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com and get a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with just a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that for $10 available to play on FanDuel. It's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. This is Chris List, the host of the East Coast Offense podcast, and I am joined by Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's up, dude? How's it going? It's going pretty well. You know, last week um, you had me get up very early to join the uh, podcast. Uh, and right now I'm coming from you in a hotel room doing some Facebook Live Q&As here in Los Angeles. Meeting a couple of buddies uh, tonight at Sugarfish. Have you heard of that, Marina Del Rey? I- I'm told that's a good place to eat. Yeah, Sugarfish. It's sushi, right? Yes. It's a yes. chain. I actually go to one on La Brea near me. It's good. I mean, it's actually quite good, but it's not, like, mind-blowing. It's just very solid sushi. Okay, well, I'm told it's, like, an L.A. place to go. Originally, one of my friends said Yard House, and I'm like, come on, dude. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm not going to a chain, like, Yard House. Well, you are going to a chain. That's that's I am. Well, you just, yes, I'm just discovering that right now as you Uh, said that. It's pretty good. It's it's solid. Yard House. Yeah, I don't know what Yard House is. It's like a brewery. Like that's definitely a chain. That's right. A, it's probably one step above Applebee's, basically. Right. Yeah. Don't do that. L.A. actually has good food now. Believe it or not, the food was dog shit when I got there in like '98, but the food now is quite good. I went to a really good uh, local place with Liz Loza last night. A uh, uh, Mexican place. It was actually really good. I got some duck tacos. It was excellent. I forgot the name, but it was it was good. So, okay. So sugarfish. Um, I'll let you know how it is. But um, um, let's. What are we What are we going to talk today? Some football. Well. I want to bitch about one thing before we get started. And oh, no, 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 hold on. Really? You want to bitch about that? <laughs> no, uh, this, I so I just want to get into this topic just for a second. Then we'll get into the football, whatever. There's a lot of, there's not really much to say. Everything's been talked to death, but we'll get to it. So, okay, so you know I'm getting kicked out of Germany. 
And that's fine. The thing that pisses me off is like the thousand euros we had to pay the lawyer that we had for no reason, the fucking application fees, the Xeroxing, the translating the documents to German. It's like two grand worth of just money lit on fire. And like, so I was going to bitch, I was going to write this medium post bitching about and detailing just the Kafka-esque bureaucratic disaster that is German immigration and complain about it and just the whole, just you get the grumpy, perhaps she was from East Germany and pissed off about everything now. Who knows? I have no idea that that's actually true. This woman that we've gotten twice who just does not want to say yes. And I was going to write this thing and I started writing it and it struck me that I'm like really entitled. Like I think I should be able to live wherever. Why, why aren't they taking me? Why aren't they letting me in? But then I started thinking about it some more. And actually what happens is these countries, they get investment. They get people to move in, spend money, and it's good. The trickle in stimulates the economy, gets the creative flow back into the country that needs it. But once too many of us come in, too many Americans, we start to gentrify everything. And it loses its culture, and people get priced out of their houses, and too much is not good for a city. You just want a little bit. So they should be rejecting people like me. You know, there's no reason they should be letting me in. Now, they don't, I don't think they've thought it through. I think they've just gotten uptight about the whole refugee situation. And now just the rules are stricter. It used to be anybody could just get in, no problem, 10 years ago. It's not like that. But I was thinking that these places, they have like a peak right when like the money's just trickling in and things are starting to percolate and new stuff is starting to open up, restaurants, cool projects, whatever. And then the shit gets passe when it gets overrun. So that's fine. I'm not really that pissed that they didn't let me in. But then, okay, so I was just getting over that. Portugal looks super cool. Portugal looks like it's at the trickling in phase, especially Lisbon, old city, good food, all the shit. It's just the perfect time to get it on the way up. It's like getting, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks, Alan Robinson. You know, it's not like getting Brandon Marshall, you know, one of those guys on the way down, Vincent Jackson. So... That's all fine, and I'm sort of warmed up to the idea. But then, so this apartment, which is this dope apartment, it's so nice, man. I should atta- I'll attach another photo in, in, this, in this cover thing for the podcast. You know, we fucking pay a two-month deposit, and we're paying the monthly rent. And so then we tell them we have this clause in the contract saying if we don't get our immigration extended instead of doing it for a year, we're out after three months. And then we say, okay, just to confirm, unfortunately, we didn't get it extended. We're bummed out, but... You know, we're out on October 21st. The dude writes back saying, well, you need 90 days notice, and so that's starting now, so you owe rent through November 30th, which I wouldn't really give a shit about, except they have this huge two-month deposit, so I can't just, like, say, fuck you. They can just keep the deposit. So now I'm in a war with my landlord here in Germany. Man, you know why we can't stay. You have two months' notice to rent it out to somebody else. You wouldn't have done shit in that third month. Like, you got plenty of time. He said, oh, if we do run it out, you want it to pay, but otherwise you're on the hook. It's like, no, fuck that. We're not on the hook. We didn't put this clause in there without you telling us about the 90-day requirement. You think we would have, we would have rented an apartment for three months on, on the chance that if we didn't get the immigration, we'd just pay an extra month of rent without being able to occupy the apartment? Of course not. We wouldn't have done that. It's like, don't be a douchebag just because you think the law allows you to be a douchebag. That's the moral of the story. Don't, just because you could, under a technicality, you think, although I looked up some German law and I wrote a refutation to him, just because you think, under a technicality, you could charge us an extra month, that doesn't mean you do that. You got two months to run it out. We didn't leave you in the last minute like, oh, now the apartment's going to be empty. You got time. And it's kind of funny that you brought up Brandon Marshall as your example because he's actually been one of the safest options the last five years. I yeah. get it. He's Berlin is Brandon Marshall. Berlin, it, it, it's 
probably past that peak time where you got in before it got a little overrun, but it's still excellent. It's amazing. The city's, I love it. Like, it's just so, it, we're, we're bummed to leave. It's just, it's just so much cool shit here. It's, all it's, right, it's, I, I have a general question to ask you. Um, at what point do all these injustices that keep hap- you know, seemingly happening to you, is it become uh, the person's fault? And well, by that, it, I how is it you. my fault to negotiate <laughs> a three month out in the event that we don't get the immigration extension? And this dickhead hey, is trying to stick me with another fraud. month on top of my lease on a technicality. How is that my fault? Oh, I'm, I'm not saying it is, but I, what I am saying is it always is something, right? It might be $1 on, you know, uh, the right. Bay Bridge, or right. it might be this. Uh, there's a common denominator, and it's Chris Lith. Now, the, the, the difference is most people just eat shit, okay, and take it. They just say, ah, all right, I guess I'll just pay the extra month. Uh, you charged me a buck. It wasn't my car. It's not worth fighting. I'll just pay the dollar. That People just do that shit. One time I was at a restaurant with Heather, sushi place in Venice, with Heather and her friend. And the waiter just fucking took our order and then disappeared for like 40 minutes. I don't know. He might have been on coke. I don't know what his problem was. And then, you know, he finally, we had to complain and whatever. He got, finally got the food. It was like an hour and a half. It should have been like 45 minutes meal. And she tips him like 20%. Right, and I'm like, right. what the fuck are you doing? She's like, ah, come on. It, you know, you don't have to fight this battle. Just give him. It's people like me who will be like, no, fuck no, I'm not giving this guy a tip, who enforce good service for everybody. I'm price enforcing here, like I do in, in fantasy football or baseball auctions. I'm not letting some dude just be that neglectful and get his 20% tip. So I'll bitch about that, and you'll say, oh, it happened to you again, whatever. It happens to everybody, but people just don't care. Or they care but they just don't want to deal with the conflict of it. I was at a restaurant with me and uh, my nephew with my dad probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. So I was impressionable, maybe 20 years ago. And uh, they took forever, as you're saying, 40 minutes at least. And the waitress came over and said, are you guys ready? And my dad said, no, I think we need just a little bit more time. And that <laughs> stuck me just forever. Like he was just such a smart ass. Like I couldn't believe it. <laughs> just like it was just so like mean, but it was, you know, it was deserving. It was just 45 right. minutes. I mean, look, in my mind, that shit happened to me. In her mind, nothing happened. Do you understand? Like, nothing even happened. Yeah, sure, sure. It's not worth this. This, this landlord who's trying to fuck me over, he's going to quickly see, it's not worth it. Get a lawyer and spend more money than it will cost. I will fucking make sure that this guy has my deposit in a separate account, which I just read that you need to do. Otherwise, it's considered embezzlement. And if he doesn't show that within a week, I'll go get the police and then you know, have him deal with that. I mean, I don't give a fuck just be a decent person and say, yeah, it didn't work out. You had this clause. We have two months to rent it. No big deal. That's it. That's his only option. And the thing is, if everybody were like me, not that everybody should be, but if everybody were, we would not have fucking this shit healthcare system that we have. Because it's just people sitting around being like, oh, my deductible is six grand. Okay, that's fine. Oh, it's going up to $300 a month. And even if I get sick, I still got to pay six grand, you know, before I get any coverage. This system is because people are like, eh, what can you do? I'll just pay it. Everybody's like, oh, you got to vote for the lesser of two evils. There's nothing we could do. It's not just happening to me. It's happening to you, too. It's happened to all of you. But you sit around and you fucking take it. And you don't have to take it. That's what I'm saying. I can only imagine a world that involves uh, all of you. No. I mean, literally, that would be a dystopian nightmare. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you <laughs> to said, say the least. You said it, fella. Right. You said it. <laughs> to say the least. I'm just saying people should have an aspect of that in them. 
we err to the other side to a fault. And my, bu- uh, my, no, my buddy's kind of my brother-in-law, Heather's sister's husband, told me these banks tried to fuck him on these mortgage rates, and he played like three of them off each other and got a great deal. And he said, he kept saying, what would Chris List do? And he kept doing that, and he, and he was just brutal to these, you know, these people are sharks. And he played them off each other and really worked them. And I was happy to hear that. Good for him. You know, it's a jungle out there, man. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Underst- I understand that. Um, yeah, it's happening to you, too. Yourself. It's happening to I, all I actually, the listeners. It's happening to every one of you. But I, I, you just I don't totally notice it after a while. You're so numb to being stolen from and, and basically mis- mistreated. And few, few people stand up for themselves as much as they should. I get it. Totally. I understand that. All right. That's all I got to say. Uh, that was it. Just 12 minutes. Okay, so um, I, I am curious your next step, but uh, you you are going to leave Germany in a in a hell's of flames. It sounds like or something. we love it here, but this I told them don't sour my experience here. You know we love the place, we're very happy with it. Right. Don't fucking sour my experience here. It's been great. We're Fair here enough. in Portugal. If they'll take us, we still need to apply, um, and we're we're down with it. We're um, you know Heather has to find a place. There's some really cool places on this one website, but we want a bigger place and. Some of them are kind of booked up. They're short-term, but they're willing to do long-term. And it's cool. Portugal's Lisbon is half an hour from the ocean, and the weather's good, and the food is all the seafood, and I'm pretty psyched. Nice. Okay. What, what do you want to talk? Football? Yeah, let's talk a little football. Um, I think the Friends and Family Baseball League is something that you n- never need to talk about again. It's just a matter of whether you're paying so, 200 or 500 at this point, correct? No, It's not over. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll take 400 right now. And just let you off the hook. I don't think so, okay. sir. No, <laughs> not going to happen. All right. Um, well, you know, one of the things, and I talked about this on the XM show on Twitter, James White. I mean, how can you get excited about James White? The dude had 22 carries last year. He's going to play four games without Brady. And then the Patriots have a bye in week nine. Dan Lewis should be back in week 10. That means James White gets literally four games with Brady. And he doesn't really get any carries just don't see why people are getting excited on Twitter about James White once Deion Lewis got hurt. Well, I mean, obviously, it's, it's the Pats, right? I mean, I believe in the system as well. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but you I mean— think You think Brady's a system quarterback? <laughs> I do not. Okay. No, I think he's great in a great system. How about that? So, um, I, I don't know. James White should be one of the biggest movers among all running backs right now, no? You I mean, he moves from, that? like, 100 to, like— 38, yeah, that's a big move. Yeah, I mean, PPR, he's going to catch the ball a lot. I mean, hey, I have Blunt for $1 in both the uh, Team Huevos League and Stopa. So, like, I I hope that he's the man there. Why did you trade Blunt? I mean, I know we traded for baseball players to uh, Dave Damashek in the League of Leagues. I offered him Blunt, $20 a fab in two different sports, and you, like, upped it, 25 and threw in some other shit. The fuck? Let's... (laughs) <laughs> Why don't you calm down? Because I mean, you gave that the was worst a stupid trade in the history of, of I, my trade was way my worse. <laughs> my trade is way worse, but that was Ever. a stupid trade. Ever. I mean, I just don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it was literally the worst trade that I I've even, been. I shouldn't have opened this door. I, it, you know, no. in legal terms, I think it's called. There's like a thing called like opening the door. Like there's certain stuff that you wouldn't be able to ask me about, but if I open the door by bringing it up, then the 
then the opposing counsel gets to bring the shit in because you yeah. open the door. I mean, to it. you abuse me a lot more in this podcast, and I'm a nicer guy. Right. And I have, I have not given you proper amount of shit for what you did, which is just, <laughs> just terrible. I mean, we'll see. By the way, I traded Jason Hayward to get Miller in the first place. So if you look yeah, at it from the totality of, of the that's transaction, Jason true. Hayward is as bad as any of those guys. So we basically got him for nothing, but then I gave him away for nothing. That was, you know, that was bad. Lamar Miller's literally going like top ten in most leagues. I don't think he belongs and, there. I don't think he belongs in the top ten. But but yes. Okay, where do you have him? Even in my lowest, even in my like sort of worst, most pessimistic outlook for him, he's still a late second rounder, right? And I gave him away for nothing. Well, the funniest part is you threw in Marcelo Zuna for. The, I mean, what we got back was um, Castillo, the uh, two catcher league, and um, Castillo, Puig. who was good at the time, and then Puig. And basically, Ozuna's been better than Castillo and Puig combined straight up. And I basically just gifted them Lamar Miller. And then I traded Eli for Stanton. And actually, I think uh, Marcus Grant got the better of that deal. I know. He's, I know. Eli could be a monster. It's a 14-team league, so he absolutely we, could. We have and cousins. I picked up Gary Sanchez, by the way, for $0 in that league, who's now catcher-eligible. Oh, really good. So, so that's like uh, another thing. Like We don't need a second catcher. But right. anyway, that's... Yeah, that's a thing. So let me ask you a couple questions. I'm in a, in a, in a brand-new dynasty league, a bunch of uh, pro football focus guys. Sean Siegel's in it, the guy who, quote-unquote, uh, maybe not invented, but he's you know kind of popularized, popularized. Uh, zero RB. Yep. And I, um, it's, there's actually been some really interesting guys falling to me. Um, so I just took Matt Jones in the ninth round with the seventh pick. He's a bum, right? He had the worst yards per carry last year, but yeah. the ninth round in the seventh pick uh, for a it's PPR running back? I don't know. Like, what? What is your opinion on that? The uh, guys. He's worse this. than PPR. Spencer because Ware went that. higher. Spencer Ware went higher. Muhammad Sanu went higher. Paul Perkins went one pick after. I mean, he's worse in PPR because Chris Thompson's a third down back. So I don't think Matt sure. Jones is going to sure. get many catches. So I think he's a early down option if his shoulder heals by week one. And they make sign a Carlos Williams or whoever because Chris Thompson's not an early down option. One of those like Keith Marshall guys, uh, you know, one of those, I can't even remember the other guy the, uh, who might be uh, in the mix. But, you know, it's not That's a. Kelly, I think his name is. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, something. Um, so he may be the guy, you know, who knows. But I don't know. I, I, I guess it's a good value. The thing is, like, a shitty player who's going to lose his job, who's not very so you're good. Kind of not- you, yeah, so you're kind of skeptical still. Well, okay. I mean, it's fine in the ninth round because we might just be wrong about all this, right? Like, maybe he's not that bad. He's definitely big and fast, and the offense should be pretty good. And he's supposed to be the starter. What if he's good? You know, then it's, it's, that's, that's the reason you just take him blindly in the ninth round. But pretty much a bad player is a bad player. And it, yeah. it doesn't really matter what round you get him if he's bad. The question is we don't really know. The reason you take him there is because there's uncertainty. We don't know for a fact that he's bad. That that was my reasoning at that point. Um, I mean, people are taking stabs at guys who have never even played in the NFL, so I just thought that might as well at that point. I mean, Washington's offense could be kind of good, but um, yeah, I already have David Johnson, Jeremy Hill, Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls is is a guy whom I consistently uh, end up with on my team. What are your thoughts on him? I'm a little worried about him. I mean, he's now starting to practice with the team, which is good news, but ankle thing was serious he has any setback it's it's a real problem if he's okay 
Uh, they may have opened the door to Christine Michael, who's like a big-time talent. I mean, we were two years ago, we were like, this guy's going to be the number one running back if he gets to play. Now he's going to get to play a bit. So what if he's really, really good? Now, Rawls was also really good last year. But what if they're both really good? It's just kind of they op- that, that injury opened that can of worms. And because somebody did step up, you can't really put it back, you know, the genie back in the bottle. I'm mixing two metaphors, worms and the genie. But you get my point. And then the other problem is neither one is a third down back. So C.J. Procise or right. whoever is going to come in on third down. So you're sort of an early down back splitting carries. You've got to hope that Rawls is so healthy and so good that he just blows Christine Michael away. And Christine Michael becomes a, you know, just sort of a change of pace backup guy. Yeah, Rawls doesn't really catch the ball much either. But um, I don't know. He was just very impressive as far as yards per carry as a rookie. You know, you know and, who was too? Yeah. Who? Who? Carlos Williams. <laughs> well, yes, that's yeah. How crazy is that? The Bills just completely releasing him. Bizarre, right? It is bizarre, but they probably got the vibe. Like they got a vibe from him, right? He shows up fat. Then it turns out he was getting baked and didn't really have any regard for the testing policy. At least Le'Veon Bell had the sense to skip it. Like this dude just <laughs> showed up, got tested, uh, smoked some weed. You're, you know, you're suspended. And then apparently, like a couple weeks into camp, he was still not really getting into shape. And they're like, this dude, he's just not serious, man. So they got rid of him. Second and player ever to score a touchdown in his first six games, ever, I, and he I, wasn't even starting. I agree, man. I think someone should. I would, I, you know, I wish the Giants would pick him up. I think someone should pick him up because he's obviously good when he plays. And, you know, shedding 20 pounds if you are playing professional football shouldn't be that hard. He's got four weeks to do it. I would, I think the Redskins should pick him up. But, you know, sometimes teams, and this happened, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but, you know, Doriel Green Beckham gets traded for some backup offensive lineman. And I saw some tweets saying, like, it's a red flag that the Titans gave up on him. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. The Titans are fucking morons. And them giving up on somebody means nothing. It means nothing whatsoever. Right. It means the Titans didn't want to reach this guy. Well, and it, sometimes it does mean something, and sometimes it doesn't. So, like, not, who knows? not when it's the Titans. They just signed sure. Andre Johnson. They <laughs> thought it was a good idea to sign Andre Johnson's carcass. Yeah, okay. Hey, I bought him in Stopa last year, so I'm the idiot then. But Andre, yeah. yeah, you are. I told you at the time, too. Did I yeah. not tell you at the time? I don't know. That didn't work out quite as I had hoped. But did not I not quite. tell you that at the time, though? Yeah. All right. I really believe if Randy Moss got drafted by this version of the Titans and he was late for a practice or he was late for the huddle or whatever... They would have been like, nah, we can't really start this guy. We've got to start Kendall right or Kendall wrong, as I'd like to call him. We've got to start Kendall wrong and oh, Rashard Matthews, and we've got to throw the ball to Delaney Walker every play because this Randy Moss guy, he just doesn't really get the offense that well. Or this Terrell Owens guy, he's just he's a me-first player. We don't like him. I could see those guys coming in to a Mike Pettin or Mike Malarkey or Ken Wisenhunt situation. And getting cut. You know, I could actually, I would believe that. So I'm not saying that Doral Green Beckham has the physical talent of those kind of guys. He's a freak. Is he, he's probably, maybe he's not as smart as Randy Moss, you know, or Terrell Owens. Maybe he doesn't have the, the focus of those guys. But I would certainly take a chance on him if I were to. I, I think guys like Carlos I, Williams, too. It's, it's just part of your job as management is to develop players and to reach them. It's not just, oh, he's not doing what I want. 
get rid of him. I totally understand what you're saying, but DGB going uh, his problem was route running and now he's joining a new system and and wide receiver is a lot tougher to learn than running back so i bumped him down my uh my cheat sheet uh, i mean right i mean that's that's reasonable correct well I, I mean it's sort of a lateral move where he was to where he is right i mean the competition's about the same so it's not really necessarily worse well, he has way worse quarterback well not not a not in terms of passing Mariota may have may have had more yards per attempt, but he's going to throw fewer passes because he runs so much. It's going to be a run-heavy offense. Whereas in Philly, maybe Bradford throws 550 times, and he's in an equal situation. It's not like Bradford's that bad. Bradford's, you know, seven yards per attempt, more TDs and interceptions. He's not, like, he's not terrible when he's healthy. You keep saying that, but I, I, I do not think he's very good. But okay. I, I don't think he's very good, but you don't need very – I mean, look at Brandon Marshall's years with the Bears with Jay Cutler. Look at Alshon Jeffrey with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler's not very good. Jay Cutler's way better than Sam Bradford. You uh, watch this him. version of Jay Cutler versus healthy Sam Bradford. I think it's pretty close. Well, you're delusional. You have a very high opinion of Cutler for some reason. I don't know what that reason is. I don't love Cutler, but I mean, I mean, Bradford. just because he's unfortunate enough to look like you, you have <laughs> well, a, obviously a bias yeah. against, for in, yeah. in his favor. All no, right, no, but my enough. point isn't that, okay, that. Fair enough. Fair enough. My, my, my point is just that DGB, he's not a good route runner. Who do you think he is, Marcus Wheaton? It's like, oh, he's supposed to be Robert Woods? I mean, the dude is 6'5", 240. Don't fucking make him run a route. Just run a route down the field and throw the ball up in the air. Fair you know? Yeah. I mean, at what yeah. point are you like, he's not running this sideline route? I mean, just friggin', you know, it was like last year. Again, maybe Jeff Janis is terrible. I don't know. But the one time they threw the ball, they threw the ball to him twice all year on a drive in the playoffs where the game was as over as a game has ever been. If you looked at, like, the situation with the Packers-Cardinals, it was like they were down, I don't know, 7, 4th, and 20 or something with, like, a minute left. And they, they got two consecutive Hail Marys. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's what happens when you throw to that big, fast dude, right? And, like, okay, maybe he can't run around. But you have no use for someone like that, really? Devontae Adams, you needed to waste 90 targets on, on him? He couldn't even – he got five yards a target with the greatest quarterback in NFL history thrown on the ball. Yeah, and Jordan Matthews is hurt currently, correct? And, and Yeah, um, he thinks he'll be back, but who knows? And Reuben Randall's obviously terrible. Oh, he's horrible. <laughs> I, I could have told you that. I watched a lot yeah, of Yeah, you know – yeah. So, yeah, I get it. All right. I'm just I saying, dude like, – like, it doesn't matter, like, if the regime gave up on them, if the regime's terrible. It's I understand terrible, what you're saying. But the other, yeah, I'm just saying, like, route running. Like, I understand route running is important. Can't you just give him three or four routes to master simple ones where he just, and they just throw the ball up and let him get it? I don't right. understand why every receiver has to be treated the same. Like, if he can't run all the routes that Kendall Wrong can run, then we're getting rid of him. Kendall Wrong has to be a consummate route runner to even exist in the NFL. Yeah, you're talking about, like, athletic ability versus just, like, professionalism or something. That's right. Sure. That's sense. right. Yeah. All right, so what do you think of what do you think of Richard Matthews? People like him in Tennessee. He seems like a weird kind of guy that's getting an, an unwarranted amount of buzz. Or maybe it is warranted. What do you think? I don't know. It just seems like one of those Rotoviz things. You know, Rotoviz always has the articles that are, like, the seven – the clickbait article, like, the seven receivers you must own, right? And I always get sucked in. I'm like, okay, who, who do they think it is? And it'll be like, Richard Matthews will be one of them. And you'll be like, well, why? Well, he had this percent of college you know, market share, and, 
and he he averaged X amount per target last year, and he averaged actually 10.9 yards per target with the Dolphins, which is ridiculous. But it was mostly because he just caught 43 out of 61 targets. He only had 15.4 yards per catch. It was just that he just caught everything. Maybe he's good. He's actually really heavy. He's six feet two seventeen, which is like very stout for a receiver. It's kind of like the Heinz Ward build. Right. Maybe he's good. The two years before that, he had six point one and six point seven yards per target, and it was only a forty three reception, sixty one target sample last year. So, I just kind of think it's crap, personally. I, no, I'm skeptical too, but that's why I asked you because of those numbers and like, who knows if he's Mariota's number one target? Like, uh, maybe there is something there. That Tejai Sharp guy who everyone's talking yeah, about. Yeah. Tejai Sharp ran a four five eight forty. He's six one. 197 or something. And then they're going to throw to Delaney Walker a lot. They'll throw to the backs. They're not going to throw that often. I'm not really – I'm not on really any of those guys. If pointed to your head, would you prefer to own DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry? Probably Murray, but – But barely, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of buzz on Henry. And, and I guess the, the, the thing about Henry is, like, he's got pedigree, he's looked good in camp, and he works hard, and they like him. There's really no negative except that there's a starter in the way who gets hurt a bunch right. and is coming off a down year. And once those running backs come off the down year, Murray had 3.6 yards per carry, mm-hmm. they don't always bounce back. It could just be Murray was injury-prone talent. They just wore the tires down to the nub on him on 2014 with 392 carries and then a playoff, some playoff carries. In which they had a historically good offensive line, by the way, when he, yeah. when he put up big numbers. Yeah, oh, I mean, if, if – Last year answered the question. It was the line. But, you know, so they made it just run him into the ground, and there's nothing left. And at age 28, that was it. That, I could easily see that happening. I'm sort of talking myself into Henry now. Maybe I need to draft. I don't have him in any league. Maybe I need to draft him. Yeah, I kind of like Henry is my, is my point, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they're, they're close. But based on when they're going, I absolutely like Henry more because he's just later, and I think it's like a 50-50 type deal. Yeah, I think Murray's the starter for now. I mean, I think Murray stayed healthy and played well. He'd be in like a 60-40 split. But he can catch the ball. He can catch the ball, too. Yeah, although he was not very efficient. You know, I, I did a little article on. Oh, yeah, I saw. Yeah, you did write that. How bad is his yards per catch? Like, histor- it, like in the past, like, five years or whatever. It's, it's like in really like bad. The seven, low seven range, which is kind of low. You want to get up to about eight as average, and then you get eight and a half plus as good. And he's at like six, he, you know, every year he's been between 6.6 and 7.3, which is kind of low. He's not as bad as Justin Forsett, but it's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. Yeah. So, so he's interesting. So. so, you know, I wonder, you know, it's like anybody can catch. If you were in the NFL before being killed the first time you were tackled, you could run out and catch like a three-yard pass, right? It's not, it's not a difficult thing. It's just... Can you catch it in stride and run the route just so the QB knows exactly where to throw it and time it right and then use your quickness to break a tackle and get more? You know, can you – I guess the good receivers, they do everything perfectly and professionally. You wonder, like, catching the ball is easy. When they say, well, this guy's not a good receiver like Peterson, he, of course he can catch 100 passes. Easy. question is, is it worth calling that play because he gets into the route just right and probably – makes it so he's running through the catch in the right time and everything. And he's in the right spot so the blockers can set up just right. There's a whole professional thing to it probably that some guys are better than others at. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I try to ignore, you know, well, I mean, you got to read as much as you can, but like the David Johnson buzz as a receiver basically suggests he's uh, Marshall Falk in his prime 2.0. Like what the, the coaches say he can do is just absurd. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, that offensive, if Palmer stays healthy, I mean, they, they scored the second most points per game in the NFL last year. And I, I mean, David Johnson could, could absolutely put up like a, 2100 yard 16 touchdown season oh yeah i mean i'm all in on david johnson i'm getting him everywhere i can now i early on i was skeptical and i'm just you once you hear bruce Arians saying i don't want to jinx it because he'll get hurt but they don't even want to say what they're seeing they're so (laughs) they're so blown away by who this guy is they're like dude i don't even want to talk about it you know (laughs) like it's it's (laughs) and how can you not buy in i mean yeah he could get hurt but if he doesn't, let's look at every other player. I mean, yeah, whatever. If he doesn't get hurt, you know, you may get like a yards from scrimmage record or something like that. I and mean, that's how sick it is. I, I totally agree. Yeah, he's the number one so, cool running back on non PPR. You got the first pick, two running backs, three receivers, and a flex. Do you take Antonio Brown or David Johnson? It's a great question. Um, I've still been saying to people, Antonio Brown. Have you seen his last sixteen games with the healthy Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, yeah. It's like, but you don't get, but you don't get the receptions. I mean, you get crazy. I know, yards. I know, I know. But David Johnson helps with his receptions too. Um, no, but not. I mean, man, I don't know. I, I'm leaning toward Brown, but because David Johnson of the fact- will, get, will get sixty catches this year, or maybe seventy if we're lucky. So, uh, so what do you say? Do you disagree? Well, Antonio Brown will get 140 or something like that if he's healthy. So, you get 90 fewer points in non PPR versus Johnson from Brown. Right. I mean, in PPR, I just don't think you can go. Out. I think you have to take Brown. I mean, you just have to. Oh, for sure. But also the, the upside on, on, you know, total yards from scrimmage is obviously David Johnson. Right. And in non PPR, you still get that all the yards from scrimmage, but you don't get the deficit in PPR. Exactly. Right. Yes. So, so I, I, I don't know. I might still take Brown because I'm a coward, but. <laughs> but I, I, if someone said I'm taking David Johnson number one in non PPR, I would say wouldn't blame him. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mock it or anything. I would think it's totally reasonable. Uh, yeah, totally. No, I mean, uh, I think Antonio Brown could be, a mo- but but then again, Ben Roethlisberger could get hurt too. So I yep. mean, who knows? But um, those, I think those three to me though, him and, and Beckham. I know, I know you agree with me as far as Julio Jones, not quite as high as other people. I mean, he's probably number four on my overall list, but those three to me are the guys. He's those, a weak the, number there's four. There's a big three for me. Yes, that's to me. Yes, for me. Uh, yeah, you agree? Uh, yeah, totally. I think those three guys can just blow the roof off the NFL. Like Beckham, if they target him more, and now that Ben McAdoo's the, in charge of the offense, I mean, he's already in charge of the offense last year, but now that he's the head coach and they're not going to do as much old school stuff, they open it up a bit. He's, he's the best, per, you know, to me, like, touchdown and big play and catch the ball anywhere in the field guy in the league. Like Antonio Brown is great, but he's not as fast. He's not as explosive and he's not as much of a red zone guy as Beckham. He can't get up as high and get those one handed catches. So I think Beckham is the guy. I mean, if he got Antonio Brown volume, I think he'd be Antonio Brown with 18 touchdowns. I mean, I he, could like think, catch, he could like catch 20 touchdowns. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he could, he's that good. And then of course, you know, David Johnson, I mean, those three guys, yeah, those are the three, now, I love Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson could be in that group, but he's just probably going to get 145 targets. He's not going to get 190. That's the difference. And, and same with Des Bryant, if he were healthy and Rome was healthy, 
Dez always could have been one of those guys. It's just he never would get the massive targets. He had like 160-something one year, but his last full season, 2014, got 137 targets. There were whole halves. They didn't even look his way. And if you owned Dez, you'd be like, what the fuck? Just throw him the ball. But Dallas is committed to running. And so Dez will get touchdowns because he's running. I moved out. Allen Robinson. I, I moved Allen Robinson ahead of Des Bryant recently. Just he's so he's like what twenty two years old or something. Yeah. And I, I get the whole um, their defense might get better and, and just pure regression. Obviously, their running has to score more touchdowns on the ground. But he could also improve as a receiving yards. And he's he's so you you actually like him better than Hopkins, right? Yeah, I mean a PPR it's, it it pushes me because Hopkins is probably going to catch a hundred plus. And that's just a really good floor. The volume. I know you think he's just a product of the volume, but the I mean, volume matters. <laughs> he's a good receiver, Hopkins. He's just not a great receiver. Allen Robinson is a great receiver. But good plus volume can sometimes be better than great. That's, that's the issue. But the thing is, Robinson, the, the, you know, talking about the reports on David Johnson, the reports on Allen Robinson are glowing. Like he, they say he's taking his route running and his game to a different level this year. So there's a lot of hype about these guys that are already good. But given his age, where he should get better, um, and his experience level, year three, and his skill set, and I think Bortles will put it up for him. He, Bortles knows what he has now. You know, he knows how good he is. I, I, feel, I, have, I have him and David Johnson everywhere. Those are the guys I have pretty much in every league that I, that I drafted in the last three, four weeks. Yeah, and who knows as far as, like, signing defensive players. Like, maybe they get better that way, but their schedule, I I think they'll be in shootouts still, and their running game can only get markedly better. And I love Alan Hurd. I actually think Alan Hurd is kind of underrated, too, but he gets hurt quite a bit. So does Julius Thomas. So I think Alan Robinson is going to be So does Marquise Lee. Like, they all get hurt. Right, right. And so, yeah, no, Robinson could be, I don't know, I would take him, I would consider him, like, the fifth overall pick, frankly. I think he could be. I took him in the Vegas league. I mean, it's a low-stakes league, but I took him. Over Julio Jones in a non PPR. I don't think it's crazy at all. I really don't think that's. I mean, crazy. in PPR, I wouldn't have done it, but in non PPR, I was like, I think Allen Robinson is a great bet to score more touchdowns. And I think Allen Robinson is going to get like 1,400 yards, maybe 1,500, and Julio Jones may get more, but I'm a little more worried about Julio Jones getting hurt, so I just took Robinson. I love Julio Jones, but. Dude, if you if you own him and you pay attention, he's hobbling like so often. He's he's just like always a scary guy who who could go down. Well, also, I mean, I know they only brought in Sanu, who's not really that big a deal, but Julio Jones had 203 targets. That's going to regress no matter what. Doesn't matter what they did. It's impossible not to. That's like impossible not to. Right. That's like you know Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs. Like you can't project him for 70 the next year. And the year before, maybe maybe not Barry, but anyone, any other. Mere more. You know, you know what's okay. so funny about Barry Bonds? You know how people say, like, this Olympic guy, like, there's no way he could have swam that fast unless he was on roids. He's on roids. Barry right. Bonds hit 73 home runs in the worst power park for lefties in all of baseball while being Ever. walked 220 Ever. times. So he was doing it literally like 400 appearances where he actually took a swing at the ball, right? Like, where he actually had well, put... like He only got, like, one or two pitches to, to hit per game. And not only did he do it in, like, two-thirds of the tries of a regular player that would have 600 at-bats in a season. He'd have, like, 400 at-bats. But he was doing it in the hardest park in baseball for a lefty to do it. And it's just so obviously on steroids to do that. I, I, no matter how talented you are, that is, like, the most – I mean, if he were in Coors Field or in, you know, one of the, the big home – Chase Field or Camden Yards – he would hit 100 home runs. He would have hit 100 home runs. 
And they had like hitters around him, so they had to pitch to him. He would have hit 100 home runs. You're preaching the crier, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously on roids, but he made the best of it. You know, if you're going to take roids. I mean, accusation is, is libelous. Um, I don't know. That's, that's uh, uh, but maybe. That's interesting Might. me and you. I admit Lawrence Taylor was on cocaine half the time. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't either. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. But, I mean, Bonds was like a Hall of Famer before he w- was roided out. I mean, he's just. No, but he was like a solid Hall of Famer, medium circle Hall of Famer. And now he's like him, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Lou Gehrig, Willie Mays. Like, now it's yeah, like... but to be clear, people just really underestimate how much AT&T Park uh, suppresses uh, left-handed power. Like, Brandon Belt right now, I promise you, he has like a nine, almost a 900 OPS, like, I, if that guy played in a neutral, let alone you know whatever Coors, but like a neutral field, he would be thought of as a, a superstar right now. He plays good defense too and can base run fairly well. So yes, I mean Bonds, it's it's it's, it's just silly that he hit seventy three home runs in that home park and the amount of pitches he saw in which were even possible to to swing at. Patient too, like you you. It's it's incredible that he took so many walks because, like, you know, most people would get frustrated and swing it more right. balls out of the strike zone. Yes. I mean, if you just ignore the roids completely, he's one of the two or three greatest players of all time. Correct. Yes. I, I think we need to wrap it up because it's almost 1 a.m. here. Um, I just want to say right. one thing about politics. Okay. And okay. you need to follow a guy named Michael Tracy on Twitter. Tracy is T-R-A-C-E-Y. He's just expressing uh, my views very articulately in his tweets. I, I, just don't have the, I just don't have the stomach for it right now to go into it, but just follow this guy, Michael Tracy, on Twitter. And I just wish he had 2 billion followers because the media is just doing a horrible disservice. Okay, but it's not even in the least bit of question anymore who's going to win, right? Oh, I disagree. I, I think she's the oh, favorite. Really? He's shutting up for now. He's not talking anymore. Maybe he listened to this podcast, took my advice a couple weeks ago. And um, th- these scandals are real. I mean, these, are, these aren't, you know, right wing. There's all this right wing crap like, oh, her health, all this stuff. That's just made up shit that they throw out there. But this stuff is like legit corruption. And it is coming out. And it's not Russia. This is actually shit that she was doing. And it's, I mean, it's just outright corruption. And we'll see if she, she's getting away with it for now because, because Trump's so scary, we can't report on it. But the AP is reporting on it. The New York Times is starting to report on it. I'm not so sure. You know, there's still a few months left. All right. Interesting. Because, I don't know, my perspective, I feel like it's becoming a foregone conclusion. All right, man. Good times. Good All talking right. to you. Thanks. And uh, good luck with your, uh, your problems, uh, you know, with your, uh, the new country in which you live. Yep. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks. This podcast was brought to you by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel, get a special offer for new users, a six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you'll also have $10 available to play on FanDuel. It's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? 
Of course it's dangerous. Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.